0: Man, things are just going from bad to worse out in Hawaii. Those wildfires are out of control. The death toll is up to 55 now, but, uh, that could climb. There's a thousand people missing, uh, yesterday. There were stories, uh, from the coast guard pulling people out of the water. If you remember, uh, there were folks who the, uh, the wildfire was spreading so fast that they literally had to run out into the ocean and then the coast guard had to go and, uh, and 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 rescue people and who knows how many more drowning deaths are going to be reported on top of the deaths from the wildfires themselves uh actually it turns out there's six fires burning on Maui and the Big Island i i guess if there's any good news the uh fire in Lahaina is 80% contained um yeah and, and yesterday on the news they were making a big deal about this uh this rainbow that appeared over one of the uh, uh temporary shelters which I get it. The uh, You know, the news is looking for a positive spin. I found it kind of patronizing. If I if I lost everything in a wildfire and I didn't know where my friends and loved ones were, I could not give a crap less about a rainbow. But I guess it looked nice on TV. Uh, President Biden, he pledged a federal disaster response, obviously. And um, when this is all said and done, the rebuild is expected to take years and cost billions. So... Um, just, uh, I mean, look, pe- people escape to, to Hawaii uh, for paradise, uh, for relaxation, and they're getting the, the exact opposite. Uh, it's pro- it's more, more like hell on earth right now. Uh, the U.S. and Iran are agreeing to a prisoner swap involving a number of imprisoned Iranians. Uh, here's Fox's Kevin Cork.
1: Americans imprisoned in Iran are allowed to return to the U.S. The Biden administration has agreed to release a handful of Iranian nationals serving prison sentences for violating sanctions on that country. But this is not just your run-of-the-mill prisoner swap. You see, the U.S. has also agreed to unfreeze nearly $6 billion of Iran's assets currently in South Korea, transferring the funds into an account into the Central Bank of Qatar. Sources tell Fox News tonight that this process is likely to take weeks to unfold before the folks return here a detroit police officer
0: was shot in the calf on the city's east side overnight officers were responding uh three officers were responding to a shot spot a run at an empty apartment building that they believed to be the site of a grow operation uh as as the police approached the building three men opened fire uh hitting one officer while the other two officers returned fire um, all three suspects, they fled the scene. And as far as I know, last check, they're still at large. Uh, no word on if any of them were hit with gunfire. The police officer has been taken to the hospital where he's being treated. Hopefully, he'll be okay. Water shutoffs will resume in the city of Detroit starting next week after a three year pause due to COVID 19. Uh, as it stands right now, nearly 60,000 Detroiters are behind on their water bill. But the Detroit Water and Sewerage Department, they're Right now, they're only targeting about 750 households in, in the more affluent neighborhoods that they believe can afford to pay their water bill. Um, the moratorium ended back in January, and since then, about 22,000 people enrolled in Detroit's Lifeline plan for low-income earners, and that's uh, lowered their bills to about $18 a month. They're also offering other plans to residents to catch up on the bill over the course of six to 24 months. They've been busy. Uh, the The water department have been walking around the houses. I think I heard uh, Gary Brown, who heads up that department, he said about 50,000 uh, doors they knocked on and, and put these door knocker notices uh, telling people their water is being shut off. And if you did get one of these door knocker notices, you have 10 days from the date that uh, it showed up on your door to contact the city department uh, and square up with their bill, the water department, that is. And Lloyd Jackson will actually have more on this, on uh, JR. Morning, a little bit later on, uh, the Clinton Township Police Department they're warning people uh, about a scammer calling random cell phones, asking for money. Uh, and, and this person is 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 posing as a uh, Clinton Township Police Department. He's calling them up, claiming to be uh, Officer Jay Johnson. He gives a bogus badge number, and then he tells them that they owe the police department money, and that uh, they can just pay him over the phone. Make a real, incon- real convenient for them to get scammed um and then he'll ask if the call is being recorded or if the person he's talking to is on a secure line uh clinton township police they stress they will never ever try to solicit anybody for money over the phone and if you think you may have been uh, target of the scam uh either contact the clinton township police department or you can contact your local police department and they'll send it to the right place the uh, Labor Department says uh, inflation increased in July, snapping a year long streak of declines in prices. Here's Fox's Lydia Hugh.
2: Today's Consumer Price Index report shows prices increased 3.2% over last year, just slightly below expectations, and two-tenths of a percent month over month, suggesting inflation is not resurging. Some calling this report encouraging news, but once we dig into the numbers, it shows us how consumer wallets continue to be stretched. Costs for shelter, for example, up 7.7% over last year. New vehicles up in price 3.5%. Food prices higher by 4. percent Some of the basics popping right now. White bread costs 10.7% higher than last year. Cereal and bakery products up 7%. Apples up 7.5%.
0: And uh, a bit of a step back for the economy as well. Credit card debt topped $1 trillion for the first time ever. The number of people who tapped into their retirement accounts, that surged almost 16,000 people in the second quarter. That's a 30% increase From a year ago. So um, it's better than it was, but we're not out of the woods. Former President Donald Trump and close confidant Walt Nada, they pled not guilty to additional charges in the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case yesterday. Uh, One count of will for retention of national defense information and an additional two counts of obstruction. Uh, Former President Trump's legal team, they will be in court again today as U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin will determine what Trump can and cannot say publicly about the case under special counsel Jack Smith's protective order proposal. Um, Nine of the 16 Michigan Republicans accused of signing a fraudulent document saying that Trump won the 2020 election. They pled not guilty to felony charges in an Ingham County courtroom yesterday, claiming that they either signed the bogus certificate in the event of a court decision that reversed the election Or they say they simply did not know what they were signing when they signed it. 16 suspects are facing eight felony charges each, including forgery and conspiracy to commit election fraud. And they all face up to 14 years in jail if found guilty. And with those nine people arraigned, all 16 people um, involved in this scam um, have been arraigned or charged. Court of Claims Judge James Redfield has ordered a state prosecutor to release certain documents that were used as evidence against the attempted Governor Whitmer kidnappers. The order was made at the request of a freelance journalist making a documentary about political extremism. Uh, The state says that releasing the records could possibly spoil an upcoming trial and interfere with uh, law enforcement proceedings. But Judge Redford, he he retorted saying that uh, they already have been introduced publicly in open court and can't be withheld under Michigan's Freedom of Information Act. Uh, three of the accused kidnap plotters are set to face trial in an Antrim uh, County courtroom in the near future. And... Uh, Michigan State Police, they've stepped up their efforts to spot-impaired drivers, an effort that started yesterday and will continue through Labor Day weekend. It's part of their drive-sober-get-pulled-over effort across the state. Um, Between the years of 2018 and 2022, 40 drivers were killed in traffic accidents on Labor Day weekend. A third of those drivers were under the influence of alcohol. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. Portia Woodruff, a 32-year-old woman from Detroit, she was eight months pregnant when six Detroit police officers arrested her for carjacking while she was trying to get her two kids ready for school due to being falsely identified by facial recognition technology. Chief James White reacts to the case of mistaken identity. Lloyd Jackson has the story. On JR. Morning with Guy Gordon,
3: we, uh, you know, it, it seems like we we talk about epidemics, and it's usually a misapplied word, but it does seem that like there's a, a, an ep- epidemic of people who don't want to take accountability when the institutions that they're running make uh, really bad mistakes. That is not something that has infected Chief James White, thank goodness. Yes, it has not. No, it has not. Detroit
4: Police Chief James White responding to the lawsuit filed last week against the department in connection to an arrest related to facial recognition technology. 32-year-old Portia Woodruff, who was eight months pregnant, was arrested after six officers showed up at her door as she, were, as she was getting her uh, kids ready for school, she accuses cops of incorrectly identifying her through facial recognition software as a suspect in a carjacking. Chief James White says it wasn't the technology, it was bad investigating. Cut
2: one. There have been uh, many reports that the individual arrested was because of misidentification and facial recognition, and that is factually incorrect. Uh, that is not the case. Uh, however, what is true is that the arrest uh, emanated from, uh, candidly and unfortunately, uh, a poor investigation. The arrest uh, is was a result of a violation of our eyewitness identification and lineup policy. Chief White says the
4: arrest was a mistake and more police work should have been done before
2: that arrest was made. This would be no different if we took a mug book, a, a paper mug book like the old days, and took a picture out and went out and said, is this the person? And you said, yes, and we arrested him. That would be improper. The same is true here. That is the beginning of the investigation. Chief White says a picture of someone is not enough to make an arrest. In 2023, there's enough technology beyond facial recognition to to determine if a person was near the crime scene, such as phone dumps. I can determine which phone towers. Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Were you near there? Were you at work? I can check and pull phone or work records to see if you are, in fact, at work. None of those things occurred. So
4: the department has instituted some policy changes so that this issue won't happen again. They include that officers will not be able to use facial recognition-derived images in a photo lineup. All photo lineups will be conducted using a, ses- a sequential double-blind presentation to the victim. Instead of six photos on one sheet of paper, investigators will place six photos in an envelope with each being pulled one by one and a detective not involved in the case and doesn't know who the suspect is will conduct the envelope lineup procedure, Chief White says there were a number of policy violations by the lead investigator in this case, and there will be accountability on this mistake. He says the department must do better now at the press conference yesterday, um I watched it online because it was kind of hastily put together. Uh, I'm usually down there at these press conferences, so I'm waiting for the question and answer, and I'm waiting for somebody to ask. Well, since she was not the one, and it was a mistake, do you have the actual carjacker? It still was a carjacking going on. Nobody asked that question. So I uh, reached out to my sources,
3: and there's no one in custody at this time. So, and I mean, that's kind of the tragedy here. When you chase a red herring like that, and you don't follow protocol, the trail can go cold. Absolutely, because you spent all this time. You know,
4: doing you know in the wrong in the wrong bucket here. And so you're telling me the software didn't offer any other hits. it. It offered like this is how it works. So you put it in, and it comes back with like it might come back with this one. It was like 73 different hits. Really. But then you have to do the Call you have them. to narrow it, narrow it down. Right. They may have some people that you know. Okay, so your suspect is a, a black male. Well, some of them that that they get might be white males. Well, you have to take them out or some are incarcerated but that's the investigation part right still i mean this woman was eight months pregnant i mean (laughs) you know the person that you got the facial
3: recognition from uh did you look and see if they had a big stomach (laughs) you think that might be an identifying characteristic (laughs) you would think yeah yeah and she certainly uh (gasps) felt that yes way. she did she did so you know oh.
4: for, i have to say you know a mistake was made it was uh um an error by but, the investigator exactly it's a human error that that complicated a software weakness exactly and so the chief came out and he said this is what happened this is what we're going to do to change it and you know he did he didn't hide and you, you got to give him credit for that and he is all about transparency and you know i, I think it keeps him up at night
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and yet, you know as well as I do that when the contract comes up to be extended or to to be re-upped for that facial recognition software and technology, when the licensing contract comes due, you're going to have people screaming bloody murder and using her case an example of oh, why absolutely. the the software is "quote unquote." racist yeah well yeah and 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 they'll use it as justification for canceling the contract well and And it's an important tool it is an important
4: tool and you have to understand that um when you're using they they only use it for violent crimes in carjackings you know shootings that's the only time they use it but you have to understand when you and i don't think people do when you live in a city that is about 80 percent uh african-american a minority that a lot of the hits will be those of african-american and minority so how can you know you say now if it was in a suburban area where you have maybe two percent african-americans and all every time it comes up it's an african-american he may be able to say something but not in the city where you have the majority
3: yeah. uh minority all right good explanation and uh and, and good
0: on chief white and we're following this story uh happened overnight a detroit police officer was shot in the calf on the east side as they were um uh, responding to a shot spotter call at an uh, an abandoned apartment building um, that they believe to be the site of a grow operation. Actually, the building itself wasn't abandoned, but the apartment was. Um, a police, uh, police approached the apartment. Three men opened fire on the three police officers. Uh, and like I said, one officer was hit while the other two returned fire. All three suspects, uh, they fled the scene. They're still at large as far as I know. I uh, don't know if any of them were hit with the gunfire, and the officer has been uh, transported to the hospital. Uh, a couple of recalls here. If you have the following fresh season kitchen brand items in your fridge, throw them out. The USDA says they may have deer feces in them. Uh, the 8.65-ounce chicken Caesar wrap, the 7.2-ounce chicken Caesar wrap, the 8.5-chicken Caesar salad. chef salad, and 5.85-ounce bacon, lettuce, and tomato salad. All these items have an expiration date of August 9th or 10th, so you shouldn't be eating them anyway. The full list with uh, lot codes and sell-by dates on our Twitter page or X page, whatever you want to call it, at WJR Radio. And then uh, Real Kosher Ice Cream of Brooklyn, New York, they're recalling their soft serve on the Go Cups uh, because uh, it is found that uh, they've had listeria contamination and two people have been um put in the hospital due to this listeria yesterday ProPublica published more information on gifts supreme court justice claire thomas received from wealthy benefactors 38 vacations 34 private flights uh but technically he's done nothing wrong because there's no rules in the supreme court You might have heard of the four-day work week. It's picked up a lot of momentum over the past few years. It's actually one of the uh, high-profile demands of the UAW uh, in its current round of contract negotiations with the big three. But it's also being implemented by more and more school districts around the country. Andrew Brody, superintendent of Flat Flat Rock Schools and former president of the Michigan Association of Superintendents, and administrators on all talk with Tom
1: Jordan and Kevin Dietz. I had Monday off this week, Kevin. Uh, makes a big difference. I can't believe Slacker. it's it's already Thursday. It's Slacker. goes by nice nice little break I uh, had. Yeah, it makes the, the week go by so much faster. And it's it, is that something you think is good though? Like just sleep in three days in a row and, and work four days a week? And what about students? Is it four oh, days? Love it. What about a four day school week? Uh, is that the way to go? I tell you what. Huh.
5: If I'm a teacher, I like a four-day school week. If I'm a parent of a kid, I'm yeah. not so sure. I'd be right. a little worried about, uh, uh, acad- I'd have an academic worry. I'd be a little concerned that uh, the retention over a three-day weekend uh, might uh, be a little tougher uh, for, for the kids to, uh, I don't know if they'd learn as much in a four-day week, but I. But as a teacher, I like it. As principal, yeah. I like it. Maybe it helps uh, a teacher,
1: the national shortage of teachers four days a week. Come on, and summer's off. Yeah,
5: maybe uh, maybe uh, they should do it in college. In, uh, college would get cheaper because they only have to turn the lights on four days a week.
1: That's the big issue: the so cost of energy. Like One
5: hundred fifteen thousand. That's,
1: that's why tuition's going <laughs> up. It's the electric bill.
5: <laughs> Let's bring in Andrew Brody, superintendent of Flat Rock Schools, a past president of the Michigan Association of Superintendents and Administrators. Hey, Andrew, how are you? Good
6: morning, gentlemen. How are you?
5: We're doing good. I, I don't, I don't hate this idea. I, I, I imagine um, it. You know, people would have to get used to it. About who's who's going to watch the kids on uh, on whatever day of the week they're not going to school. Uh, but maybe they can give the parents a four day weeks too. If you got a kid in school, then the parents will have to work four days a week. How, how do how do you look? How do administrators look at this?
6: Well, I, I look at it as I, I don't think now is the time to. Um, alter that in, in that manner. We need more contact time with students, not less. We need more opportunities to see them on a daily basis than less. Uh, it is, you know, with the amount of learning loss that occurred over the last three years, and, and let's not kid anybody, we weren't, we weren't doing incredibly well prior to the pandemic either. We, we need to be with these kids as much as possible. And, you know, a lot, a lot of these programs where you're seeing these four-day school weeks for children include professional development for teachers on that fifth day. Or some combination of professional development around that, and I'm 100% in full support of that too. But it can't be at the expense of contact time with kids. It just can't.
5: What about uh, getting teachers to come to work? Retention, attraction of teachers—is this something uh, that would bring more teachers into into the business, or or, or would would money do the same thing?
6: Um. You know what? I I don't know. I don't want to say people are only driven by money. And I don't want to say people are only driven by not having to come to work every day. I want to think that the right person is the right fit at the right time. Obviously, we need more dollars associated with educating children. The dollars just aren't there. You know, my my board of education in Rock just passed a deficit budget because we know we need these human resources to help us get through the the things that have happened over the last few years, whether it's interventionists for ELA, math, science, reading, or if it's behavior interventionists, counselors, social workers, all those things are ancillary to just being in the classroom and teaching, but they are an integral cog in educating a kid in 2023.
1: From an academic perspective, like what's best for the students in this maybe four-day week model versus a five-day a week is there, i know they're going to add in the four day week they add 35 minutes of extra minutes in a day so they it all equates to the same number of hours that a that a kid is being taught does it matter how they they receive those hours if it's four days a week and a three day break or is five days better
6: I guarantee it matters to a five or six year old Yeah, uh, that, that, I mean, it, it, you know, contact time with kids and, you know, chunking lessons or breaking lessons up to make sure that you're, you're getting as much attention as possible and, and being able to go over the things that kids need to have that, that needs to happen in a very se- sequential manner. And, you know, uh, you know, if you really think about just adding 35 minutes to a school day, which I, I tried to do the math, I, I, I read the article that that your producer sent me, I, I don't see how that gets there with us with our 1080 clock hours, just adding 35 minutes to a school day to make up for every Monday for the school year for 38 opportunities. I just I don't know. Hmm. The math didn't work for me, it, it but it didn't work
1: for me either. Yeah, <laughs> OK.
6: But um, th- th- that being said, it, you know, you really have p- kids today learn in five and seven minute windows. Like if, if you're trying to teach a lesson that's longer than a YouTube video, then you're probably not going to get what you need out of, out of a child. So if you, if you think you can do that for an additional 35 minutes or an additional hour a day, I think you're really kidding yourself.
1: Oh, that's fascinating. So has that changed over the years? Are we, are we less attentive uh, as, as young people than we were maybe 20 years ago?
6: I don't know that we're less attentive. I think we're, we pay attention to things that, that happen in a much more, uh, much more quick manner, right? Like, I, mm. you know, when we were kids, we'd sit down and read Hardy Boys books, right? But, yes. you know, today, kids will watch their phone and most things on your phone, you know, you've seen it happen in yes. 30 second vignettes or a minute and a half vignettes. And that's really what they and then they go on to the next one. So they're, they're, they're attaining all sorts of information, but they're just not doing it in the way that that we did it years ago.
5: I was joking a little bit about cost savings, talking about turning the lights off one day a week, but what about, I mean, there are real costs. Transportation, I imagine there's operational expenses. Is Would it be a cost savings uh, to school districts if they only had to uh,
6: be there four days a week? So it would be, to, to a degree, right? But to, then you're also, so let's say this makes teachers very happy because they have their same salary potentially and only potentially work four days a week, which I don't think is how it could possibly work. But... You know, that's you know, if I take 38 days of employment away from my custodians, my food service workers, my bus drivers, all these ancillary positions, well, now they may not be as interested in working here anymore. So you're probably making it just as just as bad for all those things that are critical to running a school district.
1: Yeah, to me, the elephant in the room is okay. Four days a week for for students, what what are the parents going to do if who are working five days a week? How how does yeah, that?
6: I, I, yeah, I, I, I don't see, you know, the big three or any of these companies changing their model just because schools are trying to do something a little different than we have in the past. And, and I'm, not, I'm not opposed to anything. I'm willing to, to listen or try anything that makes sense for kids and for school districts. But really, you know, it, at the end of the day, if we provide quality instruction and we provide quality employment that's well compensated, I think a lot of things would go in a lot better direction for public schools in the state of Michigan.
5: Is there any data out there on any school districts that have tried it? So,
6: in I've, I've reading that article, I jumped to another one. It, it, they're, so, they're so infant. You know, they, ha- they haven't done a lot of this. I, I think it said like 600 nationwide last year and 800 this year. So, they just don't have the data to support that it is working or it isn't working yet.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know how they handled this. I mean, this is going to be a massive shift if, if, because it is happening across the country. Are you seeing a difference? And you deal with school districts all across the state, whether they're urban or they're in the suburban areas or maybe out in the rural areas as well. Would they be beneficial to some districts over others?
6: You know what? It, it, it really, it, I think it really depends on, like, the demographic makeup of that area. I, but I think the people of the state of Michigan right now recognize how important educating children is. I think we've really put ourselves on a good path. I think the budget that was just passed is a really good start from an educational perspective. Um, and I just, I don't think that they, I, I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze in this one, right? I don't know that they're really going to get what they're after.
5: If you have school of choice and a district gave it a shot, do you think that district's classrooms would be full or do you think they'd be empty?
6: <laughs> um I think it would depend on what type of extracurricular activities they provided and how uh how um how good or or bad those extracurricular activities were is normally the the main reason school of choice uh shifts around uh
1: southeastern Michigan. Well, I think we should just kind of stay put. See what happens in Missouri because <laughs> a quarter of their schools have done this. See if they fail or succeed and then just follow let them be the guinea pig. And then we'll watch and observe and make our transition if necessary based on what happens to them.
6: Well, and, and I mean, and that not that, you know, you want to just like see someone else fail or succeed. I'd rather I'd want to see everybody succeed. But if you want to look at successful public education in this country, you look at places like uh, Massachusetts, which has done an outstanding job in the last two decades. And it, and that's that's a great model. And that's a model that the, uh, the school Re- uh, research um, collaborative has has really looked at as a way to put us
1: into a uh, into a spot where we can really start to uh, move the needle on these assessment yeah. scores. You can also look at Flat Rock Schools. They're doing pretty well there. <laughs> Andrew Brody happens to be the superintendent of Flat Rock Schools. Always appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Andrew. We'll
0: get you ready for JR Morning next. It's First Thing with Mike Parsons on WJR. I found them. They're right here. They're back in studio, fresh off the Pure Michigan Ag Tour, <laughs> back in the friendly confines of the Fisher Building, Lloyd Jackson, Guy Gordon. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. We had a great time
4: while we were out, though. But it's always, you know, just like when you're you know, when you're in a hotel and you're right. in the hotel bed and you want to come back home yes. and get into your own bed, it's nice to be back in the Fisher Building. Yeah,
3: but it's kind of a wake-up call when you get in your own bed and you realize you had a better mattress when you were on the <laughs> road. <laughs> I've
0: really? Never, I've never run into that. I, every hotel mattress I've had, it, it just sinks in the middle. God knows what happened before I got there. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey, As long as the sheets are white and clean. The sheets were fresh. Yes, they were. It's none of of my business. Uh, So, you know, waking up to this uh, shocking news, there's uh, one police officer from Detroit uh, was shot in the calf on the city's east side overnight. They were responding to a shot spotter call. Um, Three police officers pulled up on the scene. There were three men in an abandoned apartment. They exited the apartment they opened fire on the police uh hit one of them the other two returned fire they fled as far as i know they're still at large the officer is being treated at the hospital i I think he's going to be okay yeah he's he's going to be fine but i i gotta say you know this the shot spotter technology obviously is 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 an asset to the police department for a not only um finding out where gunshots originated from, uh, but giving them a heads up that, that this call they're going on, there's gunfire. But I, from a human perspective, I can only imagine the nerves and anxiety of the police officers as they're rolling up on the scene, knowing that there there were shots fired. Absolutely. Uh, when you know that there are some
4: suspects in the area with guns, you know, that, that you know, really... Put your antennas up. Once they uh, went inside of this building, they found it was a possible grow operation. Mm-hmm. So that's why these, these guys were in there and that why they were trying to protect it.
3: Right. I guess with sh- uh, shot in the leg, good conditions yes. is, is the latest, and mm-hmm. we'll continue to follow that uh, th- throughout the morning. But, you know, again, it gets back to the thing. Why is there so much controversy about ShotSpotter when it obviously
4: is such a useful tool to right. police? Absolutely. I mean, had it not been for ShotSpotter, they may not have known that shots have been fired in that area, and these guys could have kept operating
0: as they were. Right. Or they might have been ambushed.
4: As, and, and believe me, I don't know why a shot was fired, you know, and maybe they feel sorry that a shot was fired because they alerted police to them because right. they probably were operating over there without you know any issues until somebody fired a shot. Right. It
0: put them on the radar. Yeah. Speaking of on the radar, and we, we've,
3: Lloyd and Mike, you and I have said time and again that the, the most dangerous job in America is being a police officer. Absolutely. I mean, that it's just, you never know what you're going to face. And I'm not saying that that isn't true, but they may have some competition now. An amazing story from Associated Press that said, being a healthcare worker in the mm. United States today, that your chances of being assaulted or shot on the job makes it one of the most dangerous workplaces in America. And in terms of your chances of having a non fatal occupational injury that takes you off the job, you now rival police officers. Wow. So are these patients that are doing these this? These are patients that are doing this. This is, you know, folks used to look at healthcare workers as helpers. Right now because of weights in the er things like that people are acting out more also more people with mental health issues are coming into ers they're having the same problems that police have dealing yeah. with the, the the mentally ill and they've seen a huge uptick in violence but 3 out of 4 non-fatal workplace violence injuries
0: involved healthcare and social work in 2020 well that, i mean that makes sense because you know the the these nurses these these frontline medical workers they're there right and i've i you know from family members being in the hospital i've i've come to the conclusion that uh you know the nurses and, and the the point of care workers are the best part of the healthcare system it's it's everyone else above them that 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 it feels like they drag their feet um you know they make mistakes they're they're Cover trying up. to do t- do too much so when yeah. you know you have a loved one in the hospital and say oh we need a scan on them but they're not going to be able to get the scan for 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 2 days. Yeah. It's not it's not that healthcare worker's fault but they're there so then people get mad. Um emotions are already high because you've got a loved one in the hospital and uh and they get the brunt of it even though like I said, they're 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 the best part of the healthcare system. Sometimes it feels like the only part of the healthcare system that's that's worth a damn. Well we we
3: talked to Bob Ronnie, the president of the Henry Ford healthcare system and he said this is a horrible problem that they're facing with and it. it's not just Henry Ford because they're Detroit based. He said it's in the suburbs. The folks oh, yeah. at Corwell have said this. Yes. But you've got, you know, at first it was telling someone to put on a mask when they came into a hospital. Yep. Gosh, what a shocking thing to ask somebody! <laughs> but the, you know, now even those things are relaxed. But there's, there's, there's still this, this seething anger there, and it's, yeah. uh, it's sad that well, they have to face that.
0: Well, it's sort of like, like teachers when the, uh, when the, oh, the, the teachers carrying guns in schools conversation comes up. You know, they didn't get into the, the profession for that. They didn't no. get into the profession to be security right. guards, but they're, they're being put in that position. Yeah. So uh, very busy very busy day. We're going to hear from a local family um, who's fleeing the wildfires in Hawaii. To me, the most terrifying thing about the, the this whole wildfire is the stories of the people fleeing to the ocean because uh, they can't outrun the wildfires. And then finding that the ocean was on fire yes. because in the marinas... The boats blew up, dumped fuel oh, in the in the harbor, so you're finding yourself in a sea of flame. It's worse than any disaster movie you can think of. I don't know who who would even have the imagination for that. And
1: uh,
0: and the news is getting worse. So uh, got a lot to talk about. We'll talk to you after the news.